This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let's read together this morning, 1 John chapter 2. And uh, we'll be talking about the light of the world, right? Now, point to somebody and tell the person, you are the light of the world. And ask the person, do you believe it? A city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. That's what the Bible says. So 1 John 2, verse 8, or verse 9. Let's start from 9. He that saith is the light, and hated his brother, is in darkness, even until now. Wow. <laughs> until now that he comes to church. That's what the Bible says. He that saith is in light, and he hates his brother. In other words, verse 10 says, He that loveth his brother abideth in light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. So it is possible to live through life without stumbling. You don't stumble in decision making. You don't stumble in choices that you make. Your path is full of light. And the Bible says if you walk in love, you walk in light and you will not stumble. And that if you say you are in light, you are the light of the world and you hate your brother, you are in darkness. God is not power. God has power. He's called the king of glory. is not glory. But God is love. Not that God has love. God is love, God is light, and God is life. Those are three things in New Testament that God is called. Light, life, and love. God is love. So the amounts of light that is seen in your life is equal to the amount is directly proportional to the amount of love that you walk in which equals the love that you have for brethren around you so nobody if we read further you cannot say you love God and not love people around you because you cannot see God that means your love for God is measured by the love that you have for people around you if you want to know how much, love, how much you love God, we have to check how much you love the people around you. Hallelujah. So, let's read the second place and we come back here where we, we read first service and we dwelt a bit on that first service and that is Exodus chapter 47. A story was something very pathetic, something that Pharaoh asked Joseph, Jacob. You know, Jacob finally went to Egypt when he discovered that his son that was said to be dead was not dead, so they finally migrated the whole family. And then they went to Egypt. And they go to Egypt for some reasons. The only question that Pharaoh asked Jacob in 47 verse 8, and Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are thou? Thank you. You're already sweating. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. They're, and they're wonderful. Presley, where's Presley? Wonderful. God bless you. Hallelujah. I like when new faces come up to take songs and, and they do well. God bless you. I think you shook a bit for service. <laughs> and then confidence came in. Spirit of confidence. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are you? The answer is a very pathetic answer. Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years, few and evil. Ah! What a description of a life. In other words, few and evil. It is possible to live long, but live in sorrow. So, I love the Bible. Psalm 34. Let's start from verse 8 there also. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If the Lord is good, the life of every Christian should be good. Know that you don't face challenges from time to time, but basically you live a good life. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Verse, eight, verse, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, yea, is saints. How many saints are here? What are you being told to do? Say it again. For there is no want to them that fear him. One day, somebody thought and he said that God will only meet your need, not your wants. And it became a popular statement in the body of Christ. But so when you check the Bible very well, you find that some things can sound right, but they are not right. But they say your wants are, they can be funny. Only your need, God will only meet what you know what you want. But that's not what Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall know what? Not I shall not need. Now the Bible is saying that <laughs> there is no one, no, no need to them that fear him. Yeah, I understand what they are saying, but people can want some fault. But if you fear him, you only want what is consistent with his will for your life. True life is left blank. What some people want is another man's wife, another man's car, and some other things. Now, verse 10 Young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall know again that word. Now, verse 11. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, you see, you have to follow the Bible carefully. So the key to having all your wants met is to fear him. Is that right? Now the Bible is saying that so that you are not left in the dark about how to fear him. So the writer of this particular psalm, which is David, or must have been David, or I mean, it must have been the one. So he was saying that, I have told you that nobody who fears him will want anything. Now, let me define that fear so that you don't factor, manufacture your own definition of what it takes to fear God. So it's not that you tremble before him. It's not that you go and hide on a blanket where you hear the word God. There is a way to fear him that in his presence is considered as if you fear him. So he said, I'm going to teach you. And look at the teaching. You would think he would say that when you hear the name God, tremble. What is the fear of God according to this psalmist? He said, what man is he that desired life? How many people desire life here? So it's asking the question that how many people, so forget about the word man. It, 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 it talks about women too, they love, I, I mean, you love life, right? <laughs> Amen. And love it many days. So how many people want to live long? You see, long life is one prayer that you don't pray for. Funny enough, the pastor made altar call one day and he said that, how many of you want long life? And a woman on 91-year-old 91 year, 91 mama came out also. So the pastor tapped her and said, mommy, you don't need long life. You need eternal life. <laughs> he has 91. You see, you are still coming down for, for long life. <laughs> how long do you want to live for? He said, what you need is eternal life, which is available in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
love it many days. Now, the third one, so that you will not be like Jacob. The second one is like Jacob said, his days were few, 135, because Abraham lived up to 175. So compared with his grandpa Abraham, his days were short, truly. But the second part was the most pathetic. He said, evil. Cannot just see it. One man. He told him, he said, Pharaoh, I love the, the honesty of the man. In other words, he was saying that I was the man who had to cheat my way to get the blessing. It was me who was promised Rachel for seven years and Leah was given to me. Do you see people who keep a, start a job, lose it? Something must go wrong. They start a bit, something must go wrong. He said, they sent me, they told me my son that was not there was dead. And I mourn a guy that didn't die for years. Me. The same me, the only my, or my daughter mentioned in the Bible was raped. The same man. So he was right when he said that, full of evil. Even there was a man loved by God who had an encounter with an angel of the Lord, the Lord himself. And during the, uh, uh, the day, he found out it was the Lord. But everything about his life was full of... So, and he said, he told Pharaoh, he said, I'm old now. There's no, no, no time to play games. You want to know about my life? It is short and evil. But the Bible is saying now that who is the man that wants life and wants many days and that wants to see good, not evil? Then he said, this is what the man should do. Verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil. Thy lips from speaking girl. It didn't say go for deliverance service. Depart from evil. Do good. Seek peace. And pursue it. I want to dwell on those two things. To speak what is right. And to seek peace. 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 Brethren, you must be a man of peace. And I say for service. One of the things that God has given us is the ministry of reconciliation, not accusation. It is very important things that we say about other people. So the Bible says, you walk in light when you love other people. If you speak evil of other people, you'll bring darkness upon yourself. Now that word is in darkness until now. means even though he's born again, he's been brought from darkness to light, but he has carried darkness with himself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love. If you walk in love, you walk in light. And there's no occasion for stumbling. No reason to stumble. So, we're there for service. I told you that I'm praying that I'll be able to repeat the same thing because a message like just don't move on is one thing I want the church to settle together. And it is very relevant in these days and this hour of hours when offenses are bound everywhere. You see, after looking at social media, Instagram, Twitter, I have concluded a lot of people we have a very bad, if they live long, they will have many bad days. And many of them will not even live long. Because this generation that has embraced the culture of dishonor, we pay dearly for it. Unfortunately, People pay when it is too late, when it's too late to make adjustments. Share your truth, say anything. The Bible has never encouraged anybody to talk anyhow. In fact, the Bible commands you to guide your mouth. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Jesus said like this in Matthew 24 10, many shall be offended and betray one another. And that is happening in the church right now and happening everywhere. 
So divorce rates in the church are almost as high as the one that is in the world because people will not walk in love. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. So your light cannot shine if you are not walking in love. So he said, if you want to see good days, seek peace and pursue. Where do we begin from? I want to show you what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 18. And I told them for service, this is the most violated scripture in the Bible. Since I've been born again about 27 years when I was in GSS studios, I have discovered that people, the most broken scripture, the one that, the, the least obeyed scripture is this word. You see, over 50% to 60% of the body of Christ don't commit adultery or fornication. If you compare the number of those, many Christians have been able to overcome lying. Most Christians don't lie. Maybe 60% don't tell lies. Some, still, some of us still tell lies. Some tell lies. I mean, they still lie. It flows like tap water from their mouth. Anything like they just... <laughs> and some of them, it has become a level that it, it has become lying. It's not a lying spirit when you do have to think ahead of time. As they ask you, it comes and there's a supply from within. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, anyway. <laughs> but you see, what people stumble on, what most people stumble on, is what Jesus said in Matthew 18. Look at verse 15. I, I was aggressive for service because I have looked at the body of Christ and it can be painful. I want to say we should get this message. Look at it. If your brother shall trespass against thee, number one, everybody watching me and those of you that are here, set to it in your heart, there is a likelihood that your brother will offend you. The greatest sins in the Bible are not fornication and adultery. They are what brethren do to themselves. And it is sad. Ah, I heard Brad Bilak when he was talking about this. When one Jew carried another one to court, he sat down and he wept. What is going on? When we people, you, you begin to ask that, did Jesus really talk about forgiveness? The way believers behave. Some years back, when we were towing, a woman came to church for the first time. She tried to park her car and they told her that, Madam, oh, please park this way. They said it carefully and politely. If you pack that way, it won't take enough cash. She reversed and zoomed out. What, what kind of, what lives inside? Why do people find it very hard to tolerate other people, to forgive and let go? Do you know how many Christian mothers, the daughter-in-law, the daughter is praying in her room, daughter-in-law. I love you, Lord, and I leave my hand to honor you, my soul. Rejoice. And then the mother-in-law is in her own room. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And the old day, they are not going to talk to each other. You know mother-in-law and daughter-in-law thing. They are fighting. She has come to take my husband from me. The mother said she has come to take my son from me. And everyone is wondering, look at these people praying. We don't know, it. We don't know any one of you. I, I can pause here for one month. If thy brother sin against you, your brother will likely sin against you. So when you come to church or in a family where you are, leave that gap already. Believe in your heart, even when they've not done anything, that there is a person. Jesus said so, that it is likely to happen. But then Jesus told her what to do. He said, if your brother trespasses against you, go and tell him his faults. This is the most violated part. And it's, this is the difference between a spiritual man and a carnal-minded Christian. 
Carnality will push you to tell someone else, not that person. Have you think about how many times you have reported somebody to somebody without first of all calling the person? You know what? I can understand when there was no technology to now we have the phone. You have the person on WhatsApp. You hear something that somebody says something about you or somebody, instead of you to call the person to find out, you call someone else. You have already broken the scripture. Jesus said, when anybody does something you don't like, the moment you cross that person to go and tell someone else, you have disobeyed your Lord and your master. And what you are doing is a form of wickedness. You are not giving the person opportunity to even explain himself. Then you are already telling somebody else. Well, you know what? You know what Charles did? You have not spoken to Charles and you have Charles' number. Why are we this carnal? It is so difficult for mortal men to do. What I've just said now. You know what he said. Four people are in drama. Something happened at the Riaza. You are not telling the person who did it to you. You call someone else who was not even at the drama Riaza. Say, so you, you know what happened there? Why don't you first of all tell the person, oh, I don't like this. That's what Jesus said you should do so that we will not be hurting one another. But believers don't do this. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You know, I told him for service. On Tuesday, I was with Apostle for a long time. He began to tell me a story. Where I was in his house in Abuja, and then he began to, he was just telling me, say, the guy just called him. Very wealthy man. I said, I'm leaving my church. I think his wife was sick for a while. And then till she recovered, I said, the pastor didn't call, and that he used to give 20 million or something like that. And told Apostle Man that he said, I'm going to be sending that money to you. And Apostle told him that no. He said, if I for talking to me, write a check in and send it to your pastor. He said, number one, have you called him to know why he did not come? And number two, if you're offended, that why don't you just tell him? You said you are close to him. He didn't come. Sir, my wife was sick. You didn't come at all. Why don't you? Why am I the one you are telling? And he told me that it was wise enough. He said, because if I allow that man to be given to me, one day or so. So he told me, I said, you respect me because you don't know me enough. When you know me enough, also one day you also want me to be somewhere and I'm not there, and that's why you go to someone else. Correct that attitude now. Why do we pick offense so easily as believers? The worst part is even that we don't give the other person a chance to even explain at all. We pick it, we stand on it, and we tell someone else about it. I imagine he came to my house and he didn't even say good morning to my mom. Why don't you tell him? Excuse me. I noticed that he did not say good morning. And let him even explain himself first. If we get this right, the body of Christ will be so powerful. Wounds are too many in the house of our brethren. Why? You know, I said jokingly, so people attend the church as if they have set a time. They are waiting for a day somebody will offend them. <laughs> so they are waiting. We are waiting. When will they offend me? Because I need to get out. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. He said, go tell him. Then he said, if he does not listen, take two or three people. Jesus is still putting that person in that equation. He said, you don't even go and tell others when it's not there. Jesus said, take others. Say, come. What's your name? David. Say, David said something yesterday that I don't like. So come, let's go and meet David. When you now see David, he said, David, this is Tutu. This is uh, Sister Tony. They said some, see, I want to say this before. You said this about me. I told you last week, you refused to listen. I want them to be witnesses. 
That's what the Bible says. Bible says when that is over and it does not listen, then tell the whole church. Then after that, the Bible says that you are free. Then look at the next thing that for now, all the way down, now verse 18. Let's read verse 17. Verse 17. Jesus gave the final instruction. If you should neglect to hear, they tell the whole church. If you, if you should neglect to hear them, tell the whole church. Then if he doesn't listen to Joseph, forget about him. Then verse 18, Jesus said, Verily I say, he used that word verily a few times in the Bible. He said, Verily I say unto you, whatever you bind or not, listen to me, everybody. If you have not settled this matter, don't plan to bind anything. It's a waste of time, waste of saliva, and waste of energy. I see people on mountains who have hearts in their hearts. I feel sorry for a lot of people. Christianity is not supposed to be difficult. People make. These are the things. Do you know there are people who lift up their hands in their church for a blessing and they speak against the same leadership of the church? And the angels are wondering that, how, I mean, how can this be? How can this be? Are you following me? He said, verily I say, whatever you bind. Can you give me a, 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 a Matthew 16? Matthew 16, 16. I think there's something around that area also. I want to read. Now Christ the Son, Son of the Living God, upon this will be my church, the gates of hell. Now I want, can, you, can you, somebody help me locate where Jesus said, if you have something between you and somebody and you have a gift, leave your gift, leave your gift and go to the person. Because when he finished teaching on that, then he said again to them that whatever you bind, he connected it again to what happens between you. See, you have to dwell among other Christians. But other Christians can actually make you fall. Do you get what I've just said now? The same thing, those who offend you most are your family members. So the place to demonstrate love most is where you are known most. That's what the Bible is saying. Just settle you out from the beginning that love covered a multitude of sin. That's what the Bible says. Leave thy gift before thy altar. Matthew 4. First go and reconcile with your brother. He said, if you bring your gift and go on. Leave the gift, come to the next verse. Agree with our adversary. Next verse. Next verse. I want to see where you talk about binding and losing again. If you find it, show me. Apart from Matthew with him. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is, this is very, see, like last week, I can come here and teach rev and teach fast and say this, but sometimes we need to revisit the nitty-gritty of Christianity because it's on this that people stumble. Look at that Look again, verse, verse 19. I will give you the keys of the you know, whatever you bind. It, anywhere you see the word bind, you're going to find a story about leave your gift or forgive, forgive, walk in love. Why? Because it is tied to this. You cannot successfully operate the powers of the aid to come. If you have hearts in your heart, and if you are easily given to offense, hallelujah. Proverbs 17 9. We read that for service, and I want to read it. Are you following me? You want life, you want good days, pursue peace. So much, pursue peace. Last day of last month, I led us in a prayer if you remember, last Sunday of last month. And we began to apply the blood of Jesus against voices that are against our lives. And I said that, also pray that you might have said things. This is where I want saints to pay attention. You see, 
Anytime by your words, you bring down a man created in God's image. That was what James was talking about in James chapter 3. He said, from the same mouth we bless God, the same mouth we cause men in the image of God. That word cause does not mean say that it shall not be well with you. That word cause means when you say something that brings someone down, he's supposed to get a job. She's supposed to be liked by a guy until you made the statements. The guy thinks she's a nice lady that he could date until you made the statement. You said something and then you wreck that relationship for them. You said something and a man looks at somebody who wants to help and he changes his mind. And then you are on your knees praying that God should open doors for you. This is why the Bible said that guide your tongue, guide your mouth, pursue peace. The noise in the spirit over the heads of some people is so negative. It will take a divine time. That's why you need, you need to understand the mystery of the blood of Jesus to clear the voice over your head by what you have said with your mouth. Things that you have said against other people. The havoc you have wrecked for other people by utterances that you have made. There was a lady that met one of the members of the church in the car. There was no bad thing she didn't say about us. And what happened? I learned that she was just coming to create all kinds of troubles here. We are told you that, that that was old venue. We're there at Toy Street. I came out of those when I saw her on top of her voice shouting at somebody outside. The cab drivers outside came to meet me. They said, is this lady a member of your church? You need to be careful. Who is this person? I could pass that negative spirit around her. I wonder, I learned that she came for, for Riaza and left two young children. She locked them inside the house. And I got her and I said, you came to church. You locked your children inside here. I don't want to see you at Riaza. Go back and meet your kids at home. How can you be that cruel? She got angry. And then that was the end. And then there was nothing. And I said, I feel sorry for her. Say, speak a word again so it shall not come to pass. It's you I feel sorry for. And I told the pastor, I said, tell her next time you see her that I feel so sorry for her. She continues to say that. That we don't even, we, we don't, you know, I see things. And you begin to wonder. There are many people watching me right now. You like a church until the day they correct you about something. Once they correct you, you get angry. Everything is fine until the day. I've told quiet people before. Jesus said, thy brother, as long as you continue to come and do Riaza, somebody will offend somebody. Then what do you do? Pack your load and leave or understand that the Bible says you should forgive. I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. It is the nitty-gritty of Christianity. It is the foundation. It is what we must understand. I see couples fighting. Even there are siblings who don't talk to them. These are people born of the same mother. And the shocking part that these are Christians. How can your sister be born again, you are born again, and you are not talking? Because something happened seven years ago. This is, this is, this is serious. So there's a story I don't like telling. Because I love life and I love people. What the Bible said we should do, I did. I went to this person to pursue peace. She was my wife's friend. She was the first person I told before asking now my wife. She seemed to be good with the idea. She had told me before that she liked me. But then she got married before all of us. And then they were very close. And I told her she was like, three days after we started the call, she just called me. and said, there's something. I said, which is say, I don't like, say you are my friend, she's my friend. I don't like two of my friends dating each other. I was even joking. I said, then it's very easy now. Stop being our friend. <laughs> you know, like I said, that solves the problem. She said, Shala, I'm serious. I thought, see, if they tell me, it, it might be difficult, it, it would have been difficult for me if I was told this story, if I didn't witness it myself. 
From that little, she just went to the other side. There was no friend of mine that she did not call. She called my wife's mom and told her, because I and I grew up in the same city, that was a top most womanizer in the city. The only thing she knew about me when we were in that city, we met in a Christian program. We had a program together. We hosted Pastor B. Bodukoya together. That was what she, she was cooking up stories. I got in very early life, so God, I didn't have opportunity of becoming bad. Then she called my own people and told them nasty things about my wife. And the car she was driving that time around to do all that belonged to my wife. She did all sorts. But we made up her mind. Now, she was working with a pastor that I was very close to. I would go and see that pastor in his office upstairs. I'll be coming down. She would look at me. And somebody told me that, tell the, I said, if I tell the pastor, this man, I said, the pastor loves me, but if I tell the pastor, they will fire her today. I said, but I will not be responsible for her sack. I said, because I know that she even supports her husband. She's a breadwinner. I said, so I won't report. I didn't tell the pastor anything. One of the pastors in the church heard about her and called. And I told that, are you crazy or what? What's wrong with you? Sit down, your husband. What's your business with? And then she went on. In fact, she stopped going to church because that pastor spoke to her. So one day, service ended. They were going to the same church. Then the pastor of that church came down. I don't know whether anybody told her. She held my wife and began to pray. I said, all those who are angry because God is promoting you, he said that. He said, I pronounce. It, it's not the time that causes or that says those things, but he said it that day. When she told me, she called me later and did that. Oh, the pastor said, I said, please, go and look for your friend and beg her. You are, you are joking with something. Your pastor cannot be blessing something and you are causing it. It's a cross line in the spirit. You will destroy yourself. She refused. I saw a husband one day who used to respect me so much. We were passing like this. He just turned his face off and passed. I knew that the man was simple. But you see, he did not, because maybe because the wife was the breadwinner of the house. Listen to me, all men that are here. If you don't speak the truth to your wife, when the problem comes, you will share it together. Yes. I have seen people that the wife began to tell them things against the church at home, not here, some other churches. The man knew that what you are saying does not make sense. But you follow your wife. She wanted you to leave that church. You don't want to leave. And then you left. I feel sorry for you. A man should be able to put your wife right when she's wrong. And a woman should be able to tell the husband that, dear, I love you, I respect you, but on this one, you are wrong. Otherwise, you're acting like Adam. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. Adam knew that everything that happened said was just blah, blah, lie. But he had the fruit to please the wife. When you tell your spouse the truth, the bedroom will be hot that night. The house will be hot for a while. But you might be the one saving the other person. There will be a civil war at home for a while. Because the person we expect you to, by the grace of God, I say this way, a few times, I mean, I will tell my wife that no, I can't join you in that. She has made some observation and I will say that no, I disagree. That this person is not like that. You should love the person. And then she will come and say, she might get angry for a while. She will like, okay, fine, thank you. Oh, wonderful. And if I tell her something, it's good to be able to tell each other, no, no, no. That, you see, your emotion is getting over you in this matter. Accept. But to emotionally follow even though your heart is telling you what your wife is saying, or your husband says it's not correct. People have led each other out of way. I mean, things have happened in many places. I've seen this over the years since I've been born again. Many of them haven't happened here. I've read them in stories, and then, you know, I follow a lot of older men of God. They will tell you stories that will shock you, that will surprise you. One of the men of God, and that's Pastor Boy, told me that, they said it on pulpit one day, it was the same thing. The woman pulled the husband out of the church, and they left. 
and then years after. And when they were they said that in five, in three years, the church will fold up because they were the biggest givers in the church. They came back and they saw their new family. The wife was crying that she we made a mistake. And they told her that if you want to now come back, you go and start from the beginning and join membership class. It's amazing because that's why you are true, not to follow in everything. Anyway, I, I get what I'm saying. I went on. Then she made the statement that our wedding will happen over a dead body. Honestly, I don't understand. She will use anonymous number to call me. And she will call me all sorts of names. Fake pastor, idiots. And I didn't say anything. I still didn't report her. Then she called my brother. Then she called my mom. Then she called everybody. But because my mom just told her that the nonsense was, I know the girl wants to marry. She's not like what you are saying. And I said, dear Lord, what kind of thing is this? When the pastor prayed and asked her to, she called her, I didn't pick. she didn't pick. I tried to call her, she did not pick. I just said, oh, I think I've done my best. We got married on Saturday, and by Monday she died. Why do people get themselves, with, 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 because of her, we did not do honeymoon. We left Lagos on Saturday after the wedding and went to Abelita. When I heard, we just entered the car and drove back to Lagos. I went to her husband's house. When I opened the door of the house, he hugged me and began to cry. I just said to her, I want to say that you are an idiot. You killed this girl. You could have told her the truth. Let her stop giving you money. You could have stopped her from dying. Because inside your heart, you knew that what she was doing was wrong. But you were following. The Bible says, what causes war among you? You want to have, you don't have. Watch out for those when the meeting will end. On your way home, we start telling you that. Why, how come they say we should come 7 o'clock? Why not say 7 is too early? Why not say it there? The Bible says, God is light. In whom there is no, in him there is no darkness at all. Get darkness out of your life. Let your word be plain. Say what you can say before people. Don't say anything behind anybody. If you're in a group and they are taking the and you are no kidding, say it right there. Excuse me. I think 7 is too early for me. Let them call you a rabbit. It is better than you are trying to sow a seed in other people. And finally, I want to say this. In the house of God, this helps. In your office, do the same thing. First Corinthians 5 says that God has given us, 2 Corinthians 5, ministry of reconciliation. Jesus has given you ministry of be a reconciler. Anytime somebody tells you something, this is the weakness I've seen an average person. Many people enjoy when people tell you something about someone else. Don't let it go. Solve the problem. If Turayo comes to meet me and she says there's something about Dami, maybe Dami has done something. See, I am bringing out the righteousness of God by saying Turayo, maybe she didn't mean it that way. And I pick her hand and say, come, let's go and meet Dami. I have done reconciliation. Instead of me to listen to her and be like, hey, she said that, and I had it to the beef I have for her. And this is what I see going on in families and in places. Why don't you be the Bible says, blessed are the peacemaker. They shall be called sons of God. Is that Matthew 5, 13? Blessed are the peacemaker. That's what Bible says, pursue peace. It's one of the days of living longer and having good days. Be a peacemaker. Anytime you see two people about to fight, be a peacemaker. Don't let any story end like that in your house that they come tell you about someone else. Don't let him go like that. Tell the person, now that you have told me about her, can we reconcile? Okay, can, can I call Lana? Can I call him now? Maybe it didn't mean what you think he said. Make sure you bridge the gap. Don't push the bridge further. I say, is that the one you heard? <laughs> Come and see the one I heard. And then you, you let it go to another level. How many of you get what I'm saying? 
You see, love is absent in our world. And only believers can do this. Love. The soul of the church is calling for this. Reverend Joe started this when he came to preach in January. There's no love in the church. And when people say there's no, I know some people will be nodding their head at home. Like, yeah, there's no love. What they mean is that they are so wealthy and nobody gave you to them, so there's no love. You just said there's no love in you. Anybody who goes around to tell people that there's no love in that church, there's no love in you. Because why you are saying this? Because you too, you refuse to forgive them for not giving you a bag of rice. Because some people, their definition is that there's no love. <laughs> one guy asked one of our sisters, and his sister said no. And she left the church, said there's no love in our church. You know, the things that pastors face. And he now wanted to prick me. I can't be pricked. You know, I don't get bothered. You know, so he left. We had victory there, not even to him. So he went to join the church opposite us. So I saw him on the road one day. He said, ah, I greeted him. I didn't feel it. So he felt that I did not feel the pain. So he came to meet me in the office one day. And he said, at the other church, they would like to, wanted to do a medical, it was a smaller church. They wanted to do a medical outreach. And that if they could use our hall. So I said, well, I know the pastor. Tell the pastor to call me. If they want to use our hall, I will tell them the time we are allowed to be inside our hall. That that's not a problem at all. He was sure that he didn't pay me again. He just came to tell me, so I will know that he's not a worker. You know, he wanted me to know that he was not a worker in the other church. But I didn't even talk about it. I just smiled. I said, no problem. I let the pastor go. So the pastor called me in the evening. I said, don't mind him more. That it was an open-air program they wanted to do. They didn't tell him to tell me. So when he, I started laughing, so I understood that that was why he came. He wanted me to. And the sister answered him politely. She was some few weeks to her wedding. And she told him, he used to ride Okada. Then he spoke to someone else. If I one of our top leaders. And that one smiled and said, ah, no, 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 no. Then he left. Then he started telling people that because he was an Okada rider, all the ladies of the church, they, there, there's no love in that church. And I said, but the two you asked out, they were already in relationship. So, they, so to show you love, they will go home and break up with the guy. It's over. I want to show love. And you know, if we have sympathizers, like you have many other social media, it will build the story one. They'll be like, it's true. I have told the church, me. I don't do church. There's no. <laughs> what the Lord is saying, any message you hear, you apply it to yourself. I need to walk in love. When I was praying yesterday, that one stayed in my spirit that tell every member of HOD, be a peacemaker. When a colleague tells you about another colleague in the office, be a peacemaker. Don't listen and say, okay, that's all. You'll see that this, tell the person that, oh, we don't have to be fighting this office. You are angry with uh, Mr. Shei, that you know what? I'll go and meet Mr. Shei. Let's meet after work. Let's talk about this thing. And they talk and they iron out their differences. You are a peacemaker. The Bible says you are blessed doing that in the office. Can there be a church where there is no side talk? It's possible. Maybe this will be one. Because that's why I'm sharing this with every one of us. Jesus already said, your brother, there's no way. They cannot say that I've not offended any one of them before. I might say things they don't like. And they also offend, people offend me every day. Somebody called me 1.30 a.m. one day. My eyes were red. I was so tired. I said, just to check on you. I was like, God. Things happen. I give an instruction that some people forget. They do. Love. Love. Are you following what I'm saying? 
this is very important. Bible says if your enemy is hungry, you are going to be so powerful spiritually if you make sure you don't allow offenses and you always walk in love. You are going to be powerful, so you are going to be so powerful. Your life will be full of lights. It will be filled with the light from heaven. Everybody can see. Yes. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you truly love one another. Not by the power we display or the tongues we speak. If the world sees a church in this state, we have built a bridge. People will start coming. Because this thing is missing in the world. Betrayal is the order of the day out there. Unfortunately, it has, it has entered the church also. People betraying one another. People fighting one another. And you'll be like, why? Are you following me? And God will always be promoting you and be helping. When you do this, love. When Bukola, Sister Bukola Beckis came to have a program here in the church, so they had their screens to this side and they had their screens. So the guy that brought the screen was the one that came to do our trust at the former venue. So he didn't know that we had moved. So he just drove in as he was setting up. So when he saw me, he said, wow, he said, wow, wow you moved there and he was so happy. And he said, hey, I understand. His wife is a daughter. So he called the wife. He said, now nah, I know why. He had gone to see a pastor to set up something for them. And I think the pastor is an older minister. And the pastor made a derogatory statement about HOD and me. And he said, he was thinking that because of the tent they have into, is that why you beef them like this? He said, so when he came in here today, he understood that, oh, so this is the reason for the beef. So he told the wife that, you know the story I told you about what that person said? You know, I, I told her, I said, don't tell me the pastor, I'm not into, I don't want to know the I don't want to know who is beefing me and who is not beefing me. I am fine all by myself. You know, the beef that is on people, the beef they have, is more than the beef on the cows that you see around. When you tell some people about good things God is doing in your life, they get angry. And they find a way to talk it down. Ah, 20, uh, uh, 290 people came for my birthday. I said, I don't mind that. Not 290 people came for his birthday. 287 people. <laughs> you see? <laughs> Hallelujah. Beef. Did you get what I just said today? I imagine workers in the church who are not given to offense. It's when we get to heaven that nobody will offend you again. But can you easily let go and love? I know after this, some people will have to call. You will have to tell some people that you are forgiving them. Why you have to ask some people for forgiveness? I don't like stepping on toes. We should love people. We should love people. It doesn't stop us from saying the truth to people, but you should love people. So you will not stumble if you walk in love. Your brother. They wanted to ask Jesus that who is a good Christian? Meaning that, uh, the said, how do I get saved? Good teacher. And Jesus told him how to be saved. And he said, he wanted to ask me, who is my neighbor? And he gave him the story of somebody that helped somebody. That was what he gave him. And the Lord is saying, now go and do likewise. When you are needed in offices everywhere, the whole world is crying for somebody who will walk in love. Just love them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. When Christian homes become what they should become, it will be a living testimony to many people. When our children are full of love of God and they go into the world, their colleagues will feel like worshipping the Jesus that we worship. When our colleagues discover 
that there's so much love in you, it will change many things. What are we waiting for? Why don't we start this? Are you watching me online or you are seated here today? There's no guarantee that somebody will not offend you in this church. It's about what do you do when you're, you are okay now because everything is fine. What about the day somebody says something you don't like? What about something when your HOD says something you don't like? What are you going to do then? Get angry, pack your bag, leave? What are you going to do then? What about the day, you know, Pastor Femi said, I preached a message one day, somebody sent him a bell from each other, I'm not coming to your church again, that you are using me as an example. He said, number one, I didn't mention anybody's name. So number two, because you had a problem with your wife. He said, do you know how many people in the church have a problem with their wife? So how do you know you are the one? I know that's very common. People you just say that. When the, if a pastor says somebody, as long as your name is not mentioned, you also laugh about the matter. Do I still don't know that? Somebody is not anybody's name. Hallelujah. Any example I cite on Pupi, there must have been eight or nine people who have done the same thing. So how do you know you are the one they are talking about? See, these are petty things that people hold on to. And they get angry. One sister left church for two weeks at the beginning of the church. Because she said she greeted him and I didn't answer. I didn't remember her greeting me. So when she came back and I explained, I said, so you went to sabbatical because you felt you greeted me and I did not answer. I said, what is, what is going on? So I asked her a question. Do you, can you say that you have answered everybody who greeted you in the last one year? Then she kept quiet. So what is wrong with us? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Is someone blessed this morning? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have to make it right with somebody after this service, just do. It's when I go on the other scripture, you know, they saturated us with this kind of message. So it helped us. Yeah. It really helped us. And we must get back to all these things. Hello, thank you for watching us. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously, he has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.